So this part four or final part for this Daniel series, if you missed it, I really, really want to encourage you to go back and check it out, download it on iPod or watch it on YouTube. Now, the reason we study Daniel is because Daniel is a very interesting character in a very interesting time. Daniel lived in a time like our time in that everything in our culture opposes to what we believe. Everything in our culture opposes to our value systems. Don't believe that? Just, just ask your kids that go into a public school what they learn in public school. Just ask your kids to go to university what they learn in university. Just ask your kids about their social environment. I mean, you can observe it yourself. Everything, the political system, the education system, the entertainment system, Everything that we believe in God for, everything that we stand for is being opposed by the culture we're living in today. And yet the Bible says that the Spirit of God, in fact, more specifically, the excellent Spirit of God, we'll talk more about that today, was on Daniel. And that excellent Spirit had brought Daniel from a uh, refugee, if you may, or, or even a POW, to become the second most powerful man in the country that he, would he was captured to. That was the most powerful country in the whole wide world. How did he ascend it to that level? He said, because Daniel is special. No, not only Daniel, but his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also ascended to a, a lofty place of influence in society. Why is that? Now, in the three last three parts, we learn about how Daniel did it. And I want to encourage you today is that when Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he had redeemed and shed his blood for mankind, he had also made available to us who believe, listen to this, the same spirit that was on Daniel. And that same spirit that was on Daniel is living in you. See, it wasn't in Daniel. It was on Daniel. That same spirit is now living in you. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is now dwelling in us. And you're going to learn about what the, you know, the significance of that later on, what it means that the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and what it means that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But um, so, so the past three weeks, we'd learn about what Daniel, how it is that he walked in the ways of God, that he was able to listen, harness the spirit of excellence, the spirit of God that was on him. And so I encourage you again to go back and learn it. But today, I want to talk about two things about Daniel, and we're going to conclude this series. I want to talk about reputation. Everybody say reputation. And we're going to talk about worship. Everybody say worship. So these two are interconnected, but there are two things that I want to share with you. And uh, so let me set it up before I get started. So uh, Daniel was captured. Daniel now um, was, was, uh, was being tested and so forth, and he was promoted to become the second most powerful man in the kingdom that he was captured to. And the king really loved him. He proved himself. He was able to interpret dreams, rule uh, with, uh, with, with King Nebuchadnezzar. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, of course, died. And then now his son took over, Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Oh, those... Funny Persian name, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> if you're Persian, I love you, man. You're awesome. You're in the Bible. Belshazzar. 
Belshazzar, he took over. But you know, usually when a gen, new generation come up, they often forget about what it is that, that their, their previous generation experienced. You know, uh, especially many of us Christians have seen it is that, you know, if we're not careful, we cannot assume the next generation will serve God like the way we serve. And so we had to work hard to make sure that the next generation know, not just through what we say, but the way we live, how they will continue the legacy. And it is God's will and desire that he, they will continue the legacy, not only continue, but will build on that legacy that you are building right now. But anyways, this, this son, King Belshazzar, he, was, he did not know anything about what his dad had gone through and what he, what he believed in. And so he started to do his own way, you know, worship, worship his own God and, and just, just party and party and party hard, you know, like any young person, you know, try to party hard. And not only that, he, he defiled, he, he did not know how to honor God. He didn't fear God. And so he went and took all the vessels that his dad had took from the temple in Jerusalem and he brought it in and use them to party didn't understand the holiness of the things of God and so he was messing around and so all of a sudden there was this big large hand on the wall started to write and that's kind of freaky too because the only hand there's nothing else just one giant hand you'll freak out yourself if you see that right and so the king was startled he he was shocked and so he, he, he asked all the magicians and all the scientists and all the Chaldeans and so forth to come. And none of them could help him. None of them could help him. And in verse 8, chapter 5 of Daniel, we will pick the story up. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Verse 9. Then the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. Now here it is, reputation of Daniel. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. You see, they don't know. They're ignorant about God, so they call holy gods based on their myth. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. Do you realize that you have the same spirit of excellence, the same Holy Spirit in you? And you have that same spirit where they call the spirit of gods and that you have supernatural wisdom. Let's move on. And were found in him, and King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers. Because of an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explains riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, which is a name of a god. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king, and the king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king my father brought from Judah. I have heard of you that the spirit of God is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they couldn't do it. 
Verse 16, uh, but I have heard that you can give interpretation and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing, make known to me its, its interpretation. You shall be clothed with purple and have chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. And the story is Daniel interpreted it and then uh, the king just, just award him, which kind of useless because the next day the king was murdered or the same night he was murdered. So, so the next kingdom come. But you know, the point I'm trying to make to you is this. Daniel had a reputation. Everybody say reputation. He had a reputation of walking supernaturally with supernatural wisdom, with understanding and ability above and beyond human's ability. This is our heritage. Your heritage and my heritage in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, I, I want to ask you to pay attention to this. Because you can have that heritage too. A lot of people think that giving a heart to Jesus is just joining a religion. That could not be further from the truth. Because it's not a religion. I know it has been misrepresented as religion. And so that's why it's like, ugh. But when you give your life to Jesus, he's going to put that spirit on you. That's going to cause you to live in excellence. Not on this earth. You know, Jesus said this. If you abandon, I'm paraphrasing, your, your home, your family, your mom and dad, your friends. God will reward you a hundred times in this lifetime. And eternal life after that. That's huge. That's your heritage. How does he do that? He put a spirit of excellence in us. And unfortunately, most Christians cannot testify or that people cannot testify that we have the type of reputation that Daniel had with the same kind of spirit on him. Do you know what a reputation is? You know how reputation is being formed? Reputation is being formed by consistency. Everybody say Consistency. I say one more time, reputation is being formed by consistency. You know, you can be very good at something, but if you're not consistent in it, you won't have that reputation. Consistency requires discipline. We'll read it later on about one area of his consistency is worship and prayer. But you have to have consistency to have a reputation. Now, you know, Daniel was not a fly-by-night, you know, kind of person. You know how people, they have one, they call them one-trick pony, right? They just have one trick. They just they can succeed once, you know, have a 15 minutes fame, and that was it. It's over, and they can talk about it for the rest of their lives. That's not the plan that God has for you. He wants you to have a reputation like Daniel did. Whatever area that he called you to, whatever things he called you to, it is his plan that you be on top of it. Whether you are a housewife, he wants you to be the best housewife to raise the best kids. Or you are some kind of director, he wants to be, have you on top of all the other directors. It is his plan. You know, we look like the, you know, when people look from the outside, we all look the same. Human beings, right? We're all earthlings. It's just human. We look the same. What's the difference? It's not our looks. The difference is the Spirit of God that is on us. Interestingly enough, you want to know, 
When the people of Israel was being captured and brought back the brought to Babylon, I say back. There's a reason I said that. When the people of Israel was being captured and brought to Babylon, they're actually being brought back to where the ancestor came from. Did you know that? You know the uh, Abraham was from the land of Ur, from Chaldeans. So if you read here, Chaldeans, if you study a little bit about Chaldeans, it's a group of people. They are the smartest in, in the area of, 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 of Ur, in the area of South um, uh, Euphrates River, whether Euphrates River, southern part of Euphrates Rivers. They're the smartest group of people. That's where Abraham is from. And God picked Abraham up from that place and and then he went over to the promised land and he, he travels and was no man for a while but every time when his son or his grandchildren would have a wife they'll go back to this place called the Chaldeans place to look for relatives they never married the locals and so how this this group of people called Israelites they actually, the purest form of Israelite, the purest form of Jews actually look like Iraqis. They're not Caucasian. Some of you didn't know. I'd just shock you, right? They're not Chinese either. Hallelujah. <laughs> they could be. I don't know. But anyways, but that's a pure form of Iraqis. So when, when, when uh, Daniel and all his all his friends were being brought back, sorry, brought to Babylon. They were actually, they looked the same as the people, as their captors. Just the same. And the only difference was the Spirit of God that was on them. You know, you walk down, you take a bus on Monday or Tuesday. You look just the same like everybody else on the bus. But the difference in you is that the Spirit of God is on you. That very same Spirit is the excellent Spirit that had caused Daniel to rise to high places. That Spirit can best be harnessed, listen, with consistency both in your life and the practice of supernatural. A lot of Christians have different kind of reputation. Some Christians have reputations of making a fool out of themselves. You know, when I was a kid, we were taught in youth group that unless you make a fool of yourself, you're not worthy to be the disciple of Jesus because you're denying Jesus. And the more persecution you have, especially the one that you cause yourself, you know, not, not like Daniel. Here, Daniel, he never imposed anything on anyone, but all he was doing, he was honoring God. He was consistent with God. He, he was just consistent in worshiping God. And you learn and you see later on. It is that kind of consistency that brings him the reputation that is able to perform and do things well beyond human capacity. And that's what you and I need to strive for, to go for, is that we perform beyond human capacity you do have the spirit on you on your work you could be so excellent in what you do if you are just consistent in worshiping God I'm going to show you later on 
But Daniel had this reputation. We need to ask ourselves this question, Christian, this morning. What is your reputation? Look back. What is it that people know you for? Do they know you as a person that said, you know, when there's troubles, when there's crisis, well, let's go to him. He knows everything because God's spirit is on him. He's a worshiper of God. Every time I ask him opinion, he always gives me the brightest, the best ideas. And that's just love listening to him. Do we have that reputation this morning? Because that reputation will bring you all kinds of promotion. When your boss is in crisis, you are the first person he'll go to. And you know, we learned from the last three weeks how Daniel was the person that his boss goes to. And we're going to continue to learn today that he is the person and his friends. They're the people, the, the big guys, his king, the emperor always go to for consulting. Because they try everything else the world had to offer. The best the world had to offer. And they couldn't get any answer. Today, I want to encourage you. Determine in your heart. Resolve in your heart. To have that consistency that build a reputation that give glory to God. That reveal the glory of the Father. Determine in your heart today. Father, I have been walking in a life that didn't have any consistency. And you know what the good news about grace is? Is that you can start today fresh. Amen. Come on, you can start today fresh. You say, I've, I've messed up so many times. Hey, listen, man, you wouldn't be the first, nor would you be the last. We've all messed up. The grace of God says, if you want to keep trying, it's still available to you. There's no shame. There's no, just no condemnation. Just say, God, I want to try. I want to live that life that give you glory. I want to harness that supernatural spirit of excellence that was on Daniel that is now living in me. I want that spirit so that I can give you glory. Because at the end of the day, if you read the story carefully, every time when there's supernatural occurrence, Daniel was able to influence the entire empire to worship God. That's the ultimate, isn't it? It's not for us, for our own comfort, for our own reputation, for our own pride, for our own, you know, whatever. It is actually to bring glory to God. At the end of the day, it's that we step back and then we give Him all the honor and all the glory. How can you give Him any honor, any glory when you don't even have the reputation of supernatural, of, of, of doing things and being excellent and being on top? You can, though. His Spirit is on you. Turn with me to chapter 6, verse 1. So now, Belshazzar was murdered. The king now then moved to this fellow uh, called King Darius. So it pleased Darius to set above the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished. If this is your Bible, you got to underline that. Because God has called you to be distinguished. You ought to have the reputation of being distinguished. To be different. To be awesome, in other words. To be dis became distinguished above all other high officials and satraps. 
because an excellent spirit, there we go again, was on him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now watch this. When you're successful, people are going to get jealous. Then the high officials and satraps sought to find a ground to complain against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could not find ground for complaint or any fault because he was found faithful and no error of, or fault was found in him. What a reputation! When people are cutting corners in your workplace, when people are cutting corners in society, let us be the ones that never cut corners even when nobody is looking at, uh, at us. When people are cutting corners, when your boss is not around, most people will take it easy. <laughs> Have a longer coffee break. It's okay, no judgment. I'm just telling it is what it is, right? But you believers, you stay on top. You stay faithful. You say, well, you know, my boss didn't see it. Doesn't matter. Your God sees it. He's the one who gives you the promotion. He's the one who's going to bring you honor. He's the one who's going to cause people to, to have favor over your life. He sees it. And that's why Paul says, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Christians supposed to have this distinguished reputation that never cut corners, that nobody can find fault in you. No error. You say, well, that's impossible. Everybody have error, have mistakes. Yes, they do. But nobody can find fault in you if you're faithful, even if you make mistakes. Then this man said, verse 5, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel. Isn't it amazing? That's amazing. Unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Wow. Listen, I assume and I fully believe that after this Daniel series, if some of you Many of you would be practicing what we've learned over the past four weeks. I am so convinced that you will be very noticeable at your workplace. You will be very distinguished and you will be very successful. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Are you in agreement with me? Come on. Can I hear an amen? I declare and I speak that over your life. But when you become successful, when you don't cut corners, you live in that spirit of excellence. You show up on time, you leave a bit later, you just do it and say, God, I'm doing it not for me, I'm doing it for your glory. I want to honor you because you are truly my boss. As you do that, you'll become very successful and you'll be distinguished. And guess what? Many people will be very jealous of you. Especially if they see that your boss started to like you more. How many of you want to see your boss like you more? Okay, three people. That's fine. Okay, whatever. The rest, the rest what? You okay? You okay for average? You were not called for average. He didn't put his spirit on you to be average. He put his spirit on you so that you could be distinguished. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 
Come on. He didn't lead you to this church to be average. Oh, Shandai, man. Come on. You don't come to this church to be average. You say, I want to be average. Well, God loves you anyways, but you don't come to this church for average. You show up every Sunday because you've determined to learn how to be excellent before God and before man. And that's how you find favor before God and before man. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Some of you travel from far distance to be in this church. You pay a price to be here. Why? Because you want to be in excellence. You know the presence of God and you have an encounter with Him. Don't let anybody steal that from you anyways. Verse 6, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O oh, king, there is live forever. Flattering lips, right? All the high officials of the kingdom and the prefects and satraps and the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O oh, king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O oh, king, establish the injunction and sign a document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed a document and injunction. Now watch this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he said to himself, Oh, it's only 30 days. God knows. We love, we, he, he loves me anyways. God knows. I'm just going to just pray in my heart. Oh, I don't know if you're hearing this. This is when you are set apart. When everybody thinks compromise is a-okay. Come on. We're living in a generation that compromise is king. Oh, come on. Be so, don't be so extreme, man. Just compromise. Relax. Chill. Take a chill pill. Take it easy. Why are you so uptight, man? Come on, everybody's doing it. Why aren't you? Always remember your father is looking from heaven. That's where the rewards come from, from heaven, not on earth. Man can't give you anything. In fact, if man gives it to you, you'll always disappear quickly. Daniel could have said, well, you know what? It's just 30 days. I don't need to pray for 30 days. He probably thought most people don't even pray for, thir- for a year. A lot of Jews probably just go on with them every way. But the presence of God is absolutely essential for you and I to harness that spirit that is put on us. That continuous connection to heaven is what always will give you the edge. So Daniel knew this. He went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times, three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Oh, God is looking for those this morning that would make a determination 
that no amount of busyness, no amount of threats, no amount of inconvenience will stop them from connecting to heaven on a daily basis. Come on, can I have an agreement? He's looking, somebody here, somebody here is that candidate. Somebody. He's looking for that somebody. Maybe one, maybe a hundred, maybe a couple of hundred. Somebody will say that no amount of inconvenience. You know, we're living in a society that we have so many options to do so many things and there's not enough time to do them. It's true. There's so many things to do. Especially when you have a little bit more money in your pocket. There's like options just open up. You do so many things, so many options, so many opportunities for so many different things. I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit speak to us and we're going to make a determination today. Lord, from this day onward, I will be faithful like Daniel. I'm going to be faithful to be connected to you. I just in, enjoyed this, the article that Peter Beckett had wrote about busyness. How many of you read it before? How many you know we have a new uh, magazine out? The newsletter. Nobody knows? How many know? Can I see your hand if you've received one? Let me see. Ushers, please look around. Okay, how many never receive a newsletter from this church? No, no. I mean, this season, for this season, this quarter. You haven't received. What's going on? Okay, so put your hands up. We're going to give it to you right now. Can, can somebody grab it? Can somebody grab a, a magazine? Yes, it's just, yeah, Grace will go and get it. No, this, Grace is going great. Okay, when she comes back, I, I want you to read that. It was such a good article that he wrote. It's so every day, all of us. Wake up in the morning. Oh, God, I'm just going to pray today. And then, you know, like, uh, we, of course, okay, Rick, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Okay, one, no, it's a bunch of them over there. Oh, just leave it up. Just leave it up. Just leave it up. You should read that article. It's amazing. Good job. Just leave it up over here. And back there, tons of them. Whoa, look at that. No wonder we always have leftover every month. I just don't understand. How come we have leftover all the money? Like we spend all this money printing and nobody has it. I mean, most people have it, but some. Upstairs, are you, see, that's, that's a privilege sitting down here. But I love you anyway. So you want it? You just wave your hand up. We'll send it upstairs for you. You guys want the magazine? Okay, want, anybody wants a magazine up there? Okay, what? Oh, okay, you guys need to go upstairs. No more? Oh, well, you guys are out of luck. <laughs> Do we have any more? Is it, is it true? Wow. Okay. So he was in the article. It was a really interesting article because it's just so, it just sounds so much like every one of us. We have such a good intention to pray and seek the Lord. And yet... We are all so busy. You know, I, I, always, uh, I have to always resist the temptation of looking at my phone when I wake up. Because I'm one of those guys that if there's a red dot on my message, I need to see it. If you have iPhone, right? A little red dot, it's a text. Or these days they get WhatsApp, you know, sometimes they get red dot with five messages. Oh, I wonder 
What's going on? And you know, you know, I would start off by just wanting to know the weather. Before you know it, it's like an hour has passed by. I'm on my phone. I was so intentional in my wanting to worship God, and it slipped away. And then, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, when I come back tonight, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to put my, you know, take it out. And guess what? That never happened, right? You come back, you know, like somebody have a phone call, a crisis. You know, a pastor, sometimes they get crisis. Oh, it's these days, you know, the hospital call me. You better come over. He's like, oh, great. You know, just we have such a good intention to want to do it. But we got to do it. We got to discipline ourselves and have a reputation to be in the presence of God. And also with the company of believers. Don't take this too lightly. This is very important to surround yourself with people of the same faith and so forth. Anyways, so he went and had in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. And he got down his knees three times a day, prayed and gave thanks before God as he had done previously. Now, the reason the Jewish people faced Jerusalem to pray is because in his great infinite wisdom in the days of Daniel or the days of David, in the days of Old Testament, God had chosen Israel, the country, the place to be Canaan lamb, to be the, his place. And he has chosen Jerusalem to be his city. And in Jerusalem, he had chosen his temple to be where he would dwell. Now in that temple, he had chosen to dwell in the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, he would chose to dwell on the Ark of the Covenant. But on the Ark of the Covenant, he had chosen to dwell at the tip of the wings of the uh, cherubims, the two angels that was on top of the uh, Ark of Covenant called the Seat of Mercy. That little spot is where the presence of God is in the Old Testament. And so everybody, wherever they are, will always face towards where the presence of God is. Now, although by the time of Daniel, it had become a habit. Because if you read Ezekiel, you'll know that the presence of God had at one time left Jerusalem. It came up from the seat of mercy, went to the top of the temple, and went to the top of the gates of uh, uh, Jerusalem, and then and disappeared. That's the vision that Ezekiel saw. But, you know, but it's a habit, right? But today, watch this. The presence of God is now in here. <coughs> right over here. In here. Ooh. And so you can worship and praise God every day. So if you're busy, you shut yourself in, inside, where the Spirit of God is, and you worship Him. You know, there are people that ask Mr. Wilgersworth, how often do you pray a day? How long do you pray a day? And I heard Randy Clark recently repeated that. He said, I don't pray for more than 15 minutes. I do not not pray for more than 15 minutes. Did you get that? So he's constantly in the presence of God. That's living under an open heaven. Constantly in the presence. See, in Daniel's days, he didn't have the presence of God over him. So he had to face Jerusalem. But today, you have the presence of God in you if you receive Jesus as your personal Savior. And if the presence of God is in you, then you can worship God who lives in you. So anyways, three times a day. 
Then this man came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before the Lord. You know the rest of the story. I'm going to conclude now. The rest of the story is that he continued to worship God. And this is what happened. He got thrown into the lion's den. And God protected him. And God was with him. And then when the enemies was being his enemy, and then next day, you know, the king came and took him out of the lion's den. And then they throw those, those people who... Who, who, who accused him, threw him in the lion's dance. The Bible says even before they reached the bottom, they already been torn to pieces because the lions was hungry and looking at food and couldn't touch for a whole night. So now they're allowed to touch. Hallelujah. Do you realize that lions are under the control of the power of God? They are. In fact, everything is under the control of God. If God so choose to shut the mouth of the lion, he can choose all your enemies. He can shut your enemy down the same way. He has the power, he has the ability, and you just need to trust him and be consistent as worshiper in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 